Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. The Unimaginable. This episode is the testimony of a literal poster child of an evangelical megachurch in Arlington, Texas. From raising money, to saving souls, to being electrocuted in Kenya, to preaching to a football field full of people in Pakistan, only to be disturbed by red dots from sniper rifles. Trace Thompson has had an unimaginable past that strangely resembles my own. Buckle up for a nonchalant revisit to a previous life. I'm your host, Jimmy Brown, and you're listening to The Unimaginable. I'm Trace Thompson. Uh, I grew up in Arlington, Texas. My parents met in college at Texas Tech. My mom is an angel. She has never had a sip of alcohol in her life. My dad was not an angel, I don't think, but I don't. he's probably just like a normal frat guy. Um, but he fell in love with my mom. I grew up extremely in the church. I think they're technically Southern Baptist. It's not It's not the Southern Baptist in the sense that you can't dance. I was homeschooled until I was in, I don't know, fifth grade. My mom taught and then the other, you know, the other moms taught. So the kids would uh, shuffle like, I don't know if it was daily or three times a week, but like we would have all the kids at my mom's house and then we would all go to the Sawyer's house, and then we would go to the Weintraub's house or whatever. And all their moms would teach. So I grew up with friends. It wasn't like, and we didn't like make our own clothes. They were scared of public school because they didn't want, they wanted you to learn creationism. They wanted us to learn creationism. 
you know, they felt like the Christian faith wasn't being taught in the public schools. Creationism is, it's the story of Adam and Eve. And, you know, we didn't come from monkeys. He created humans and he created a man and then he created a woman from the man. And they don't teach that in school um, because it's not true, but it's what they wanted us to learn. They were all good teachers. We had a curriculum called Rebecca. (laughs) I wonder who it's written by, but it's like you had a full curriculum and it, you know, you had a Rebecca math book or Rebecca science book and, you know, history and so on and so forth. I would love to go back and see what those history books said. And I guess you can't really like spin math that much. Math is pretty binary, but the science, I'm sure looking back at the science books, it's probably hilarious. I, that, that experience for me was really good. I don't think there was very many negatives from being homeschooled. At this time too, like the internet was all coming out and I, I was on Tumblr and I was like, fuck, skateboarding is so sick. And I want to like dress cool and look cool. And like New York city is awesome. So I like, I made friends with these kids, these kids there that were like skaters, but we had, we had a dress code, so I couldn't really do it. And I don't know how I met normal kids. I think my friend Landry, who actually just got married, he was in public school, but they went to my parents' church and we hung out a lot. We skated together and stuff. I was like, damn, I want to go to normal school. I was still completely a Christian, like fully. Like we went to church on Sundays. We went on Wednesdays. You know, we did all the mission trips locally. Like my dad was a deacon. My mom was very involved. It was like fully like through and through Baptist. So I ended up going to a public junior high in seventh grade, hung out with kids that were like, I don't know if a lot of them are dead now. They're like, they OD'd on heroin and stuff. And so, yeah, I went to this school called Bailey in seventh grade and I decided I liked bowls better. It was another junior high. Cause I, I started hanging out with these other kids over there and I think they had more money and they were, I don't know. I just got along with them more. So I convinced my mom that I was getting in too much trouble at Bailey in seventh grade. I was like, yeah. Cause like I went car hopping this one time. Car hopping is whenever you like, like we were skating around and we'd check cars for open doors and just steal shit out of the cars. And I remember my buddies were doing this and like, I was terrified to do this. I was like, I really don't want to steal. Like, and they were like, fuck you, pussy. Like, I'm my pussy. <laughs> you know? I was like, fine, I'll go. But I hated it. I didn't ever steal anything. I would just like sit and like, I would be like the lookout. I would like watch for cops. But I was so terrified. So I don't know. So I convinced my mom. I was like, yeah, I'm getting in trouble. Like, these kids are bad. Like, I need to switch schools. So the superintendent of Arlington Independent School District went to our church So my mom went to him and was like, my son needs to go to a different school. You know, he's getting in trouble, whatever. So I got moved to this school, which I kind of finessed that deal. That was a good deal for me. And then I ended up staying. I stayed at Bowles and then went to this school called Martin as a public high school and then ended up graduating from Martin High School in 2012. Through this whole time, I was very involved in the church. It's called Field Road Baptist Church. When I was 15 or 14, there was a mission trip from the church and they were going to South Africa and the youth pastor was like taking interest in me. And like, he started giving me attention and was like, you should go on one of these trips, you know? And so I was like, yeah, that sounds sick. I'm going to do this. And you have to raise money to go on these trips. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go raise money. So I would, you write letters, you know, like, I feel like God is calling me to do this thing. Like I want to go save souls. These African children really need it. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. So growing up in this, God as a concept, I believed in, but I I was never like gung ho, like, 
like there's the concept of salvation where, you know, like you give your life up to Christ and you, and you live for Christ's will and like for the gospel and you're converting people to him and like living your life, like a best reflection of Christ that you possibly can. Right. But you're also taught that you're born a sinner and you're born fucked up. And like, there's this whole shame that goes into it and sort of like fear monger that you're, you're fallen and you need Jesus in order to be a good person in order to not go to hell for eternity, et cetera. I raised enough money to go to this trip to South Africa. This was my first time out of the country. So we go to South Africa and we're staying in Johannesburg, but we would also go to the slums. I think it was called, oh, Soweto. Yeah, it's called Soweto. It's like a real shantytown, but it's massive. I mean, I was 15 and I remember it being huge. So everything is made of tin and plastic tape and whatever all put together, right? There is no money. They're starving. You know, they're surviving. They make their own alcohol. It was gnarly. Like they looked fucked up. God, yeah, it was like the craziest images I've ever seen in my life at that point, up, like up, up to that point in my life, I was 15, right? I was a Christian and believed in God, but I, I going there into the, into Soweto, like into those slums, we hung out with kids and like, like kids that were like my age or younger and probably older too, but, and then adults, but we would go and like sit with churches there. And these people were like happier than anyone I had ever seen in my life. And I was like, damn, this is like, this has to be God. Like, G- like I, at that moment, I was like, oh, Jesus is real because these people have nothing and they're happier than anyone I've ever met. And I was, I remember like sitting on this rock and I was like, this is the, the, like, I was just like dumbfounded. Like my mind was blown because I had never seen like happiness like these people had. So it was like the, the only thing that makes sense in my 15 year old head was that, oh, like Jesus is real and he's giving them a reason to live and they are so happy. And that was like a pivotal moment in my life. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, I'm here to tell you about Upfaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all of the past seasons and don't miss the season 17 of Heartland and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let Upfaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to upfaithandfamily.com for your free trial. Upfaithandfamily.com if you're in an evangelical church there's this like infatuation with going to like third world countries or like the farthest ends of the earth the next like really important trip for me was kenya and i was i don't know 17 16 at this point i went alone um before everyone else like two weeks before everyone else with all the money so i i landed there and I was in Nairobi and then I flew from Nairobi to God, it was like, I don't know. It was in the middle of nowhere. I went, I ended up going to this town called Lamoru. So I landed in this airport and the power was out from Nairobi. And um, <laughs> so it has a sign with my name on it. And it's like, it's just three like big ass African dudes. And they're, they're sitting there with a the sign and they don't speak any English. So <laughs> they just have a white van and I just go and get in their van, like having no idea where I'm going. And we're in the van and it's like, we're in the bush for real. Like it, there's like nothing out there. So we drive for like two and a half hours in this van. The power was out in the airport. I get in this car with them because they have a sign with my name on it. They don't speak English. I don't know. I don't know who they are. They probably told me their names. And we get to this town called Lamoru. And we're, I'm staying at this orphanage where we're building, we're building another building for the orphanage. And that's what I had the money for. We were buying supplies. So it was my job to go early and buy the supplies. So I get there. They put me in a mud hut. There's like an orphanage area where all the kids are. There's like one building. And then there's a little kitchen area. I think those were made of brick. There was mud huts where I guess the uh, staff stayed. So they put me in another, they put me in a separate mud hut. And so I go in, there's a mud hut and like there's, it's like a, fucking uh hammock right with with a bug net it's you know and it's black dark i brought i I would bring my skateboard with me everywhere so i'd like skate around the airports and stuff it was probably sick i don't know it was like it probably looked cool so they put me in the mud hut and i'm i'm sleeping right and i brought like i don't know it was like two cliff bars and fruit snacks or something (laughs) like and or maybe it was like more but whatever i brought some snacks that i hadn't eaten and the first day i'm there and like I didn't get anything to eat that day. I don't think like whatever. So I, I was like, whatever, it's fine. They just like, whatever. I, I was like running around a lot. And, you know, we went into town to try to go find uh, materials to build. And what I didn't eat that day. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to eat these cliff bars and fruit snacks. And then the next day 
everyone was eating and they were eating rice and beans. The the adults were eating rice and beans and the kids had uh ugali. So they they so they gave the kids I think ugali and some greens and then the adults were eating rice and beans. And I I was this is like second day and I hadn't eaten the first day outside of like cliff bars and fruit snacks. And they still didn't feed me or maybe they offered me like leftover greens or something. But I was like, okay, these people aren't going to feed me. And I apparently it was like something to do with like they sort of put you in your place by I would not going to say they're like starving me, but they weren't feeding me. <laughs> they're starving me. So, yeah, so I was and I didn't know what was going on at the time, but I was hungry and I wasn't eating. In my mud hut, there was like a separate area where they gave me like a bucket to wash myself. And they, <laughs> they gave me a towel. And so, they, I don't know, it was like a third day or something. I, th- they, I, th- I think the third day they gave me some, I, you mush it with your fingers. I think it's made of corn. Yeah, it's cornmeal. It's just cornmeal mush. And you, and you just mush it with your fingers and eat it. So I, th- I think they gave me some of that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shower at this point. And... <laughs> so they had that extra like little bathroom thing. It was just like another little mud room with a pail and a bucket. So I get wet and like I wash myself and they had they had a towel hanging on the wall <laughs> and it was on a wire. <laughs> I didn't bring a flashlight or anything and it's a black dark. So I'm terrified the first two nights. I'm like I'm in the middle of nowhere in Africa, starving. <laughs> and I, I don't have any cell phone service. I don't have a phone. I don't have any light. And I'm in a mud hut. And there's mosquitoes everywhere. <laughs> so I'm bathing for the first time on the third day. I'm starving. Whatever. And whatever. I'm frail. <laughs> frail child at this point. <laughs> and they hung a towel up on a wire. And it's an open wire. So I grab the towel and I'm fucking covered in water and I get electrocuted and I can't let go of the wire. And I'm like, damn, they're starving me and they're setting their booby trapping my mud hut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because like, if, if, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but who cares at that point? Because that's what's happening. No, they're, they're not. In, they didn't, they didn't like intentionally electrocute me, but I'm like, damn, I mean, you're getting the electrocuted and you're getting starved. They, they could have put, <laughs> they could have put the towel on the ground. I don't care know? about intentions. This is what is happening. <laughs> like, damn, this sucks. But I was so happy because Jesus loves me. You know? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like, at the end like of the day, like, yeah. you, you, I mean, you're the chosen one, and like, Jesus, I'm chosen by Jesus, God. Jesus is standing outside with angels at the door. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's got you covered. So yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it was cra- being electrocuted is crazy. It's I, I I feel like it. I don't know if it hurt that bad. I think it probably hurt pretty bad, but I couldn't let go. It feels really crazy. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, I'm here to tell you about Upfaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all the past seasons and don't miss a season 17 premiere on April 25th and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let Upfaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to upfaithandfamily.com for your free trial. Upfaithandfamily.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The unimaginable. The next trip was Pakistan. Um, Pakistan, I was 17. So I must have been 16 in Kenya. Pakistan, I was 17. Um, Pakistan's crazy. I've no one should have ever let me go to Pakistan. I should not have gone to Pakistan. Like you, like, okay, you can't go to Pakistan as an American without there's like specific visas that you have to get. So we we like lied and said we had a it was a work visa or something. I, I don't remember the exact visas that you can legally go for, but anyways, we lied and said that we were going on whatever legal visa that it was, and they approved it. Yeah, whatever. I was in Lahore. It's near, it's it's the eastern border of Pakistan. By the time we get there, they already have posters of me and like the two other preachers pasted all over Pakistan, which is a bad look because there's Taliban and they don't like white people and they don't like Christians. It was me. It was <laughs> at this point. It looked like Justin Bieber. They're like me with like tight pants on and like, <laughs> like it was like, I don't know. It was probably like my high school picture or something. Okay. So they had these posters up 
of me. It, it was like me and it was probably my high school photo. Like, and then the, I think there was two other preachers. One was like my age. And then one was the guy that I was working for. So it's a terrible look to have posters up. If you're a white Christian in Pakistan trying to convert Muslims, because that's extremely illegal. There's extremist groups in Pakistan that don't want Christians to come and try to convert their people because they have no, like white people have no business doing that. It's also like a death sentence in some families to convert. So you're, if you're going there and you're converting people, then you could be killing people actively. You're basically killing people. I'm on a poster across Lahore, a big city in Pakistan saying that I'm coming to preach the Christian gospel, which is I like, I, I don't know why my parents let me go there or why the church would ever go there, but it's for the glory of God. And I am at this point, I'm like invincible in my head. I'm like I'm chosen by God. I survived <laughs> all this shit. Like there's like, if I die in Pakistan, so be it. I'm going to heaven. Like I've done my work and I'm going to keep doing it. There's no way that I'm going to be scared of this, right? So I go there and we're staying in this, we're staying in this hotel. It was like a nice hotel in Lahore. And it was sick because there was kids there that would skip school. There was a shisha lounge in the hotel. So during the day, we couldn't really leave because it was dangerous. So they would transport us around in a van with like dark windows. And we would go to, we would like go to spots that we were preaching or go to like local churches that we were going to. And a lot of them were like, I guess what's called the country. I don't know. In my head, it was the country. Like it was outside of the city and it was beautiful. Pakistan's beautiful. Like the, the architecture there is beautiful. And, but it was like farmers and, and more rural people, right? The kids there would skip school and come smoke shisha and they were cool. They were like the politics, like we would, they were like my age at that point. And we were talking about politics and talking about like the world and talking about religion. And it was sick. Cause I was like, damn, these kids are just like me they're skipping school and they're going to smoke shisha and like, you know, they're, they're, it was like really good conversations, like really formative conversations for me in my worldview at that point. Right. I think we were talking about religion and just like race and like me being white and being there and what it's like to grow up in America and what their experience was like growing up in Pakistan. Um, and the internet and like, all, like how all the, how the internet plays into just sharing information and, you know, being free to talk to other people in the world and how that was influencing their culture, like things like Tumblr and stuff like that. Like it's very influential and it gives you insight into what's happening all over the world. Right. So it was cool to like, I related with these kids like heavily. And those were some of the coolest conversations that I've had going overseas at all. Like during that whole experience, yeah. like it was cool. Like I was like, damn, I made friends here and they're just like me. And did they, did those kids know that there was posters up? Oh, I don't know if they, I don't know if they seen the posters. They knew why I was there. I told them why I was there. So that was cool. We stayed at the hotel, but then, so we couldn't go out during the day cause it was dangerous, but we would go. So we would leave in vans and they would take us to a site that we were going to maybe preach or whatever, work with the church. Right. And they took me to this spot and it was rural and I was, I was like telling my testimony, a testimony is how you came to Christ. It's like what, like, like how the gospel changed your life and, and what it means to you and why people should follow the gospel and convert to Christianity. So that's what we would do. We would go and share a testimony and then maybe give a message, like some, some scripture and like, you know, some biblical message about why you should be a Christian. And in the front row, there's this girl, this beautiful girl. 
who was probably my age. And I had this bracelet and I gave her this bracelet in that culture. It's like not a trivial act. So I gave her this bracelet and I talked to her. I don't even know if she really spoke English, but we were whatever communicating. And well, actually, as I was leaving, it was dark. We had guides that were taking us around to make sure we were going on safe routes and that we were we weren't going into dangerous areas. And you know, they would tell us which alleys to walk down and which alleys not to walk down and get us to the car safely. Were these guards folks that um, were on the inside that knew? Yeah, they they you know, that were like undercover. I don't know if they were undercover Christians, but they they had a job to protect us, so that they were doing their job. Um, I'm guessing they must've been Christians cause otherwise, I don't know, they probably would have killed us <laughs> or something, you know, like, so I was walking out of this place, this place where I gave the girl a bracelet and we were walking down this alley and I start seeing people on roofs and there's red dots <laughs> like across, it was an alleyway and there's like, uh, I don't know, whatever the construction is, it looked like clay. The walls were clay, but there's like red dots around the alleyway and I'm like, damn, I'm about to get smoked. Like I'm about to get my head blown off with a shotgun. So we start, <laughs> so the guard, the guards, are like, they're like, it's fine. Like they, no one was panicking. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to panic. So whatever. I make it out of the alleyway. I didn't get smoked. We get into the van. At that point, I didn't really process that. I was just like, oh, that's crazy. And then we get in, like we make it back to the hotel. We make it back to the hotel. And the next day, the guy that I travel with is like, hey, the father of the girl you gave the bracelet to is offering cows for marriage. So he was, he was trying, <laughs> he was trying to get me to marry his daughter. And I felt terrible because I didn't like, obviously that wasn't like, like he was offering dowry and I wasn't, that wasn't a proposal by me. I was just like, Oh, this girl is cute and cool and nice, whatever. I'm going to give her my bracelet because that's a thing that she hasn't had. But, and I was just like a 17 year old kid, like flirting. Right. But that was, it was not, it was not as, <laughs> that is not a surprise, man. <laughs> it was not a simple act. And I was like, Oh, I felt terrible. And they came up to me the next day and he was like, do you want to marry this girl? I was like, I don't think I do. <laughs> you know, like, he was like, you're like, you're like, yeah, honestly, yeah. How many, how many cattle you got? My, take, my family are cattle ranchers. <laughs> I'm going to call my grandfather. I'll take 12 cows and 10% GBT of this head? town. And I'll take the girl. <laughs> you're like, let me go see them cattle. <laughs> like, I call my granddad, FaceTime my granddad. He's like, no, those are some good cows. <laughs> you're like, what do you think? What do you think? You have to eat a hundred a head? <laughs> how much is it going to cost to ship those things <laughs> so whatever and they gave me the option they were like do you want to marry this girl and i was like do i <laughs> like maybe <laughs> and i was like Damn. she come back to america with me it'd probably be hard for her whatever <laughs> so we didn't get married and i felt so bad i took a lot of photos of all these trips during this time i should find i hid my hard drive because it's so terrible for me to look at it just brings up a bunch of bad memories um anyways we didn't get married um, so that was scary walking down the alleyway and there was like beams shining cause I could have got smoked and I thought it might. So whatever the, the, like we were there for two weeks or so. And then the next like big event that happened there, we were, we were preaching to, it was a whole soccer field, like a filled up. It wasn't, I don't want to say it's a stadium, but it was, a, it was like the size of a football field and it was me preaching. So we were on stage and it was mic'd. There was two or three backup generators. And we were talking, this is like what the posters were advertising. So I was there preaching, like I had built a message, like I had like all, like all this written notes. It was a proper sermon. I was preaching 
and they were like, so, and there was snipers or there was whatever, like they're actually fucking snipers. So there there's snipers on the roof, like around the soccer field. There's a few of them. And we're told that they're there for our protection and there's guns everywhere there. And like, whatever, like, I'm not scared of guns. I grew up with guns and grew up hunting and stuff. So it was like a relatively normal thing for me. Then I was like, whatever. Also, I truly was not scared to die. Like I really yeah, yeah. believed that I was doing God's work and that if I, and so these, so these snipers were, these snipers were there because there was posters up and they knew you were there and they were like, we're going to take this guy out. I don't know. Well, we were told they were there to protect us in case anything went down, you know? Okay. So, so you didn't know whether you, it's, it was unclear to you what, like, well, what I, no, I trusted that they were there. I wasn't, I truly wasn't scared. I was like, I don't know, like that. It sounds crazy, but I just believed that we were protected. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're told you're protected by God. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever happens happens. Right. And like, I knew if I died at that point, I was going to heaven and I was doing what I was called to do. So yeah. I didn't, I really didn't care. I've had a background similar to yours where I believe that Jesus was always there, always had my back, no matter what situation I got myself into. And that actually probably led me into a lot more um, opportunistic situations than I've ever been in because there was no fear, but you know, cause right. I, I really believed that I was covered. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of reasons why people don't get into um, more opportunities is because they procrastinate or they have fear about what the outcome would be, or they just think about it too much. And by the time they thought about it too much, the opportunity may have already gone. And like, and it's interesting to me uh, to hear about your experience with that, because you're literally walking down an alleyway where there's red dots flashing in front of you and all around you. And you're actually unclear about whether they're protecting you or whether they're going to kill you but at the same time you're those like, people were not i don't think those people were supposed to protect me because we didn't we were not told there was any security there but it's like that it's, was it is funny it is really funny i mean funny is not the right word but it's wild to think that you're in that situation you know oh yeah it was crazy <laughs> yeah and at the time i was like fuck yeah this is sick <laughs> like man this is sick dude i'm like if i die i don't care and this is crazy like whatever I'm oh, doing so, okay wait, work. quick question though why why is your every time you come across a situation where it's dicey or risky you're always like man this is sick i don't know i think you gotta risk it all to win big <laughs> you're like you're like but where'd that come from like is that is that like how, how did you end up feel, like like if you had to say like why why do you think that way oh i don't know it is i feel like this is like such a like th this is just how my that's a loaded question, but I'm just saying, like, like it's like it's it's. There's not many people that think that like that. I think I think I think like that, but I'm like, you know, like it's like you're like you're like whatever. Fuck it. There's like lasers and there's people with guns, and I'm in the country. My posters on the on the thing, and you're like, let's go. I don't care. This is. I sick. don't know. That's life. That's that's like that's that's full on life. That's like you're ex you're like in there. You're like fully experiencing it. You know, I'm like yeah, like that intensity is like truly where I thrive. And that's what made me a good fighter, I think. Like, I thrive on, like, intensity. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel so alive in those situations, or I did, right? I don't really want to be in those situations anymore. Well, I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't know. That sounds fun. Yeah, the end of this story is crazy. So, I'm preaching. So, we're in this soccer field. Like, the, the main event of what the posters were advertising is a big... It's, like, a whole event. Like, there's a... I don't know. I, like, it, what? how many... How many people does a football field fit sitting cross-legged? They were all like squished I, in. I have no idea. A lot. Thousands yeah. of people there. 
I'm on a stage preaching. There's three backup generators. There's snipers on the roof, like multiple, uh, probably a five-ish. And I'm told they're there for my security, which I believe. I had already preached, and I don't know what time it was, but it was evening. It was dark. The power shuts off, which should have never happened because they had multiple backup generators. So it's it's dark outside. There's not that. There's not like streetlights. There's not a lot of streetlights there. Where we were, there weren't. So you know, the power goes out. The power should not have gone out. There was backup generators to make sure everything was good. So the power goes mm-hmm. out, and the security is like, "Oh shit! Like something is wrong, right?" Right. So they go up to us and they're like, if anyone comes on stage, protect yourself. Yeah. And we're in chairs on stage. So I'm sitting there at this point. I am scared. Like I hadn't been scared this whole trip until this point. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is like, something is really happening here. Yeah, like right. the power goes out. It's not supposed to, the snipers can't see. <laughs> so if yeah. they are actually there to protect me, they're not going to smoke anyone for me. Cause they probably can't see them. And if they could, like, I don't know why they would like, I'm a white boy. So so I'm sitting there waiting for someone to come up on stage and try to whatever shoot or stab me, like waiting to like donkey kick someone. Nothing happens. And then shots start popping off and the shots start popping off and I don't hear them. I don't I don't think they shot necessarily at me, but I started running and the car. Wait, how did you not? How do you not hear them? I didn't. I'm, I, I heard the shots pop off. I didn't hear a bullet land around me. I didn't hear a ricochet. Like I didn't, I didn't feel. So you felt any, you could hear like pops in the background, but nothing. No, it wasn't in the background. They were there. They were there, <laughs> but, but I but, didn't. But, but you were so. But why were you? So you're waiting for a bullet to land in order for it to. Yeah. What? Well, no. So I start when I hear when I hear shots start popping off. I start running because at yeah. that point I'm like, oh, we're get, like we were getting shot at. Yeah, yeah, right. I didn't get shot, and I didn't hear a bullet land next to my foot or hit my chair. But I'm like, oh, like this is like people are shooting. And they're not shooting at each other. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So like we're so I'm running. I go hop a fence, run back to the van. That's it's not far. It's probably like I don't know, 30 yards or something over a fence. I run back to the van, we all make it back to the van, we get in, they transport us back to the hotel. But well, the the sermon ended. There was no more preaching. And then but like during this time, like we were converting all these people, and people definitely died because of the words that I said. The unimaginable. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
Hey, I'm here to tell you about Upfaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all the past seasons and don't miss a season 17 premiere on April 25th and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let Upfaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to upfaithandfamily.com for your free trial. Upfaithandfamily.com. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.